You guys ready? Let's do it. Yep. Man, Luke Walton is out of sack town. Strength in Numbers is about to get their number two. And LeBron and Isaiah Stewart are in a dust-up. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. Appreciate you. <laughs> Appreciate you too, brother. John, how you living? Living life, man. Living life. What's going on? Sammy, how you living, my friend? Just another day in paradise. Well, boys, the Lakers and the Pistons played recently. It was 121 to 116 and a Lakers win. AD had 30, Russ had 26, Carmelo had 18, but that wasn't even the story. LeBron James was ejected from the Lakers game and basically he threw an elbow at Isaiah Stewart during a free throw when they were both trying to fight for a rebound. And everyone saw this fight. It was all over Twitter. It was all over Instagram. What did you guys think of this? Bruh. Crickets. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? Are you guys are you guys are you guys really gonna make the Laker fan go first? Come on. Alright, I, I can go first. Should we restart it? No, no, go for no, it. No, go. Well, LeBron's not a dirty player as much as I found this whole thing kind of hilarious. Uh, in my opinion, he ended up, I think, with 10 points, a rebound, and two knockdowns, a couple jabs, and a right hook by the time this ended. <laughs> I will say the interesting thing is I wonder if the scenario was reversed, would Isaiah Stewart only have gotten one game? Because he bloodied him up really nicely. I mean, it was a pretty severe shot. I don't think it was remotely intentional. But it was still pretty severe. I, I think Stewart's reaction afterward and potential recreation of Malice at the Palace probably made it a lot worse and could have <laughs> escalated it. So I'm glad they kept it under control. But we know LeBron's not a dirty player at this point. I know I'm sure Skip Bayless took a few shots at him, but I think it was just he was probably trying to probably trying to catch him in the chest or something like that. But clearly he wasn't actually going for his face. I don't believe it. Isaiah Stewart looked yeah. like Marshawn Lynch, just like breaking tackles in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, and that's that's probably the reason that he got a longer suspension than LeBron, even though he was the one that got hit and was bloodied up. Yeah. To be quite frank, it's because he was trying to run down all the players, the coaches, even like the eighty-year-old refs. Like I felt bad for those dudes. They need like their insure milk to ru run up, <laughs> up and down the court, and you have this angry basketball player. When you do look at the replay, the ball already went in before the incident. So LeBron, he knew what he was doing. Like Sammy said, he's not a dirty player, LeBron but LeBron you know. LeBron did a dirty play, doesn't make him a dirty player. We've all been frustrated before. And Stuart has a history of altercations with uh, Balake. He had it with Giannis. So that kind of works against his favor. And we've talked about it before. Reputation does have a, you know, have weight in the NBA. 
So Sammy thinks it's unintentional. JJ thinks it's a little intentional. John, our resident uh, Laker Nation fan. Oh, what yes. What do you think, my friend? Yes, yes, yes. So I'll start off by saying this. I'm really glad that Ron Artest was, or I'm sorry, Meta World Peace was nowhere in the building or near the building <laughs> because that could, have been, that could have been ugly. That could have been, a, like Sammy said, Malice at the Palace oh, yeah. too. Now for the incident. I'm trying to be as unbiased and, and impartial as possible. So I agree with Sammy. I think that the, or JJ, it's a little intentional. I think the elbow itself was intentional. You don't throw an elbow like that with such abrupt, so abruptly and with force, no, not knowing that there's somebody behind you. He was getting pushed, so clearly he knew Stewart was behind him. Can I do that? And JJ made a good point that the ball was kind of already going in the basket, and he just didn't like that. LeBron didn't like that he was getting pushed, so he threw the elbow. Now, I agree with Sammy in the sense that I don't think it was intentional. I think he, the, the elbow was intentional, but he probably thought that Stewart's face was not right by his elbow. He thought he was probably standing up more straight. He had, Stewart just had bad posture, clearly. And LeBron, <laughs> right in the kisser. No bias there. Yeah, no bias. Right in the kisser, just nailed him. And that's, that's gnarly, man. I mean, LeBron is not, what is he, two, 240? Maybe he's slimmed down Bigger. quite a bit, but two fifty. Yeah, would say. something. Two fifty, two sixty-five. That's that's pretty dangerous because like I'm I'm surprised Stewart didn't get knocked out. That's he could take a punch if he if his career in the NBA doesn't last long. He could be a boxer maybe. <laughs> so for me, I I, th I think it was um, you know the penalty and the the consequence I think fit the bill and because LeBron didn't escalate it or do anything to try to have a an actual brawl that's why he only got one game and Stewart got two i'm i'm actually glad that you brought up how Stuart his uh position was which was straight up you know fundament fundamentals speaking of fundamentals when rebounding you want to get as low as possible right and they weren't in that position so i felt that they were caught up with one another because they wanted to get physical and that led to the altercation. Right. And one thing that I want to mention is that the Lakers were in a dogfight. Like they, the Pistons largest lead in this game was 17 points. And if someone, cause to be honest, if you're, if you're looking at that play and let's say the, you know, the arm swing never happened, Isaiah Stewart, was clearly like out muscling LeBron like one of his legs came up right on that rebound and I think LeBron James I think there might have been some irritation some frustration with how the game was going especially with a Detroit Pistons team who has not been performing well just that one little moment I think might have got to him I don't think he intentionally tried to hit him in the face per se but I think he did swing his arm intentionally do you guys agree I agree I would agree also and you guys think that the the two game suspension for LeBron James is one, warranted? One game. Oh, sorry, one game is warranted versus Isaiah Stewart's two games. I honestly thought LeBron one, maybe two. I actually thought Stewart was going to get more because he I so too. multiple times tried to escalate that situation and was 
he was hitting the hole like Marshawn. He was running through the line. He was doing a great job. Like I thought he was going to get four or five games for that. But I did, did want to point out. The... I did want to point out yeah. real quick that, come on, Isaiah Stewart, you're not fooling anybody. If you watch the clip back, Stewart actually had a moment with LeBron face to face when LeBron's trying to apologize. So if you're actually going to do something, you had the perfect opportunity to do it there. He the started moment. acting aggressively when when he had guys in front of him holding him back. Did you guys see uh, the picture of the security guard or the video of the security guard? Yep. Where uh, there was a security guard that was on the court, and it was when Isaiah Stewart did that little fake where like he's like walking off the court, and then all of a sudden he just like starts to run. The security guard doesn't move his feet at all. He just <laughs> looks at Isaiah Stewart and sticks his arm out. Like, just straight, like, no, don't go that way. <laughs> like, zero effort whatsoever. As someone who did was... not want to be involved with that whole he thing. No piece. He wanted he no peace. He did not want that no. smoke, not at all. No. Yeah, he was thinking about his paycheck, like, this ain't worth it. Like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Do you guys think Russell Westbrook should have gotten a tech for this? Like, looking back, thinking back to that interaction. I think he should have gotten a technical for his performance in the first half <laughs> you should have got a flagrant two for his performance for the whole season thus far okay i can't Anyways. i mean that i i gotta start off with the slander but in, in all reality he actually did play really well down the stretch in the second half and and was a key reason yeah. why we won the game but back to your question do i think he deserved a technical i i mean he he like there is one instance, if you watch the clips, or there's somewhere on, on on social media where he put up both fists when I think Stuart was running towards him as if he was oh, ready, getting ready to throw down. So maybe that was the reason he got a technical, but come on. Okay. Not, none of this is actually going to transpire. Let's be real. This is not 1985 <laughs> or the 90s. This That type of basketball won't happen because they know that the, the penalty and the hammer would come down hard. And they don't—they're not going to throw away all that money, especially guys that don't make up that much. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I thought it was funny that Westbrook was completely surprised. Like he had no idea that he picked up a tech, not until the post game. He's like, "What? I got a technical?" And he like <laughs> started to read the paper or the the stat sheet a little closely, and is like, "Oh, okay." Anyway, I never even heard players getting technicals for being an escalator. To be honest, I don't think I've ever seen that either. Right? That is correct. Anyway, the NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one time clapper or a depth deflection, however, they light the lamp, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. On our next topic, sometimes there's a team or a player that has stood out in recent memory that we feel like we need to discuss, and we try to figure out if we have something legit or if it was all just a placebo, so tonight, we're putting a team under the clinic microscope here 
and that team is the Charlotte Hornets, who are 11 and 8, fifth in the East. They recently have won five straight. What do you guys think of the Charlotte Hornets? Well, so looking at the game, they played tonight. They just beat uh, Washington in Washington. And just watching that game back, uh, the main thing that I noticed with them is that for a team that's so young, they have so many players that play with a ton of confidence. That team is not timid at all. Scary Terry will take the shot. Ball will take the shot. Bridges wants the ball. And Hayward is actually a really nice compliment to those guys. It's kind of the calming veteran presence. There was one point in this game, probably middle to end of the fourth, where Washington was trying to make their comeback. Crowd was all hyped and in it. If there was a time for the young guys to get shaken, it was that. And Hayward just very calmly off a of pick and pop, hit the open three, calmed the crowd down for a minute. He fits with them really well in that regard. And you can just see that internal growth is going to be what carries this team. Now, that being said, the biggest weakness they have by far is they need another four or five. Badly. They have Plumley, and then they have P.J. Washington, who's hurt right now. Right. And there's just no other size. And Harrell went nuts on them tonight. There was no one they had that could defend him. I think Harrell went for 24 and 18. So I really like the future of that team. I do think that's the big piece. And I wonder if they'll take a shot because they're capped out on making a trade on like a low buy player. Marvin Bagley comes to mind. But that was my assessment of that team overall. I think they're a little, you know, a little higher than a, a 500 team. It seems like yeah. they're they're gelling. They're having chemistry. But in order to be a championship contender, you do need an MVP candidate player, and you also need defense. And they have potential with high-profile players with Miles Bridges, who's playing into a contract. You have Lamelo Ball, who's been shooting lights out, but he could be streaky. His bad shots are could be considered bad turnovers at times, and. I just don't think their def their defense right now has them in a position to win or go deep in the playoffs. But it they're fun basketball, yeah. And I want to see how they grow this year. But their record eleven eight, I I do believe it does reflect their current position in the East and their notable wins with you know Golden State, Washington, Brooklyn. That's something that we should admire about them. Yeah, the the Hornets are perplexing to me for a number of reasons, and I think Sammy and JJ both touched on them. Is they're not great defensively; they're in the bottom ten. They're not great at rebounding; they're in the bottom ten. Mm -hmm. But they have a certain it factor to them. They have that confidence, and they play with it. They stay in games because they don't get down on themselves. They don't give up. They're a scrappy team, and I think that's part of it. It, it kind of goes beyond the stat sheets, clearly, because they're not good defensively. They're not shooting a great field goal percentage as collectively as a team, but they are shooting threes, which is the new NBA, and that, that's always going to keep you in games when you can make threes. And they're, they're shooting their free throw percentage. They have really good free throw shooters, except for Kelly Oubre, and we won't go into detail about that guy because I know that's going to be a long, long <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So, you know, I actually think Kelly Oubre has been relatively good for the Hornets. What? Oh, why did you open Pandora's box? Why did you I know, have to do right? that? 
I'm gonna put my own foot in my mouth. No, here, that's okay. You're you're right. He's actually not playing terribly. He's not he's not terrible for what they're asking him to do. Right. I mean, like in in Golden State, um, we were asking him to be a starter, and we were asking him to hit open shots and really play good defense. And he's really only good at one of those things, which is play good defense. The biggest part is that sometimes his mentals don't really match the need of a starter. Right. Like we all saw that clip of Kelly Oubre shooting a three late in the fourth quarter with like 15 seconds left in the shot clock when they're just trying to drain time and Michael Jordan just like grabbing his head being like why would you shoot that ball because Kelly Oubre does things like that he just sometimes he just has bad basketball awareness but for most for the most part his role in in Charlotte he's filling out that role pretty well and just to give like some stats with how well the Hornets are doing right now. They're 10th in offensive rating. They're 22nd in defensive rating, which actually is a step down. That offensive rating is a huge step up. But the biggest step up, I would say, is that they're third in assist, the turnover ratio, and they're third in pace. Mm. So they're playing fast, and they're playing relatively smart basketball by protecting the basketball, by not turning it over. And I think that's a big testament to the step that Lamal or um, Lamelo has taken. They, you know, they have Terry Rozier, who's a good ball handler. Gordon Hayward can handle the rock too. But the biggest step, of course, is like, is he the sixth man front or uh, the most improved Miles Bridges? front runner this year? It's Miles gonna come down to him and yeah. Ja. Uh, depends on. I think Bridges has taken the better, the bigger jump from where he was last yeah. year relative to Jaw. But Jaw's been in the spotlight a little bit more. So if you look at the favorites and the betting lines right now, Jaw's actually the favorite. Bridges is number two. And that's interesting. Does Bridges have a chance of being an all-star? Sorry, John. No, you're good. Uh, Bridges? In the East? I'm thinking. He's a forward, right? Hmm. He's going to yeah. classify. Yeah, hey, he's going to classify as a forward. So he, Maybe. Maybe. I, I, um, he could be a backup at the very least. I, I think that he's putting his right. numbers are, are pretty, pretty impressive. Right. So... Yeah, he's got uh, 26 points. Um, he's averaging about a steal and a half, a block, four assists, 7.6 rebounds. I mean, these are huge jumps from last year. I mean, last year he was only scoring like 12 points a game. Right. So, and you could say last year their second best player might have been like P.J. Washington. Their third best player might have been Gordon Hayward. But Miles Bridges has just completely just jumped both of them. He's the second best player on that team, for sure. Like, by far. Yeah. Totally forgot that Gordon Hayward is on that team. Yeah, and Hayward, I feel like Hayward ended up being one yeah. of those guys who needed to be in a spot where he wasn't coming He wasn't coming in to be the savior. Because in Boston, he was like that last piece. Then right. he broke his ankle in that first game, and that really gruesome injury, and just could never get back on track. Then he went over here to Charlotte. It was classified as frankly, is an overpay, but then no one really paid attention to him. He didn't get any media coverage after that, and I think that actually worked out better for him. And I think we're missing the... Role. I think we're missing the real reason why the Hornets are winning. We need Michael Jordan to continue yelling at Kelly Oubre Jr. Every <laughs> game. for entertainment. Uh, the other thing I would point out, just for, uh, for our friends who can legally wager, there's some good odds right now 
out there. They're plus 160 to make the playoffs. I think that's a great value at this point. I'm a little surprised that it's still plus territory. Over-under win totals at 40 and a half. If I, I mean, mm. you never know what could happen. You could, I guess they could fall under 500. I would greatly doubt it. So I like both of those bets. Plus 2,200 to win the division is a little... It's out there. There's uh, there's too much competition in that division, but I like the playoff yeah. bet. I like the over-under bet. With most improves, like you said, Bridges' averages are are great this year at 21.6. Seven boards, like you said, over a steal, almost a block a game. It's going to come down to him and Jaw. So if you're getting over plus 300 there, it might be worthwhile too. So just wanted to insert some gambling odds there, but the plus 160 yeah, like on the it. playoff bet in particular, I really like that bet. And for the playoffs, don't forget it's ten teams, not eight. Yeah. With the pl- with the play-in, right? Yep. The only thing I will say I have to throw out there on that is I the one thing I have to figure with DraftKings is do they figure the play-in or do they take the top eight after the plan? So mm. for those of our listeners okay. out there who are interested in that bet, just make sure you clarify that before you make it. And if it is, or just yeah. Just bet. Just do Let's it. Do it anyway. Thank us later. <laughs> Go to DraftKings. Yes, this is not financial advice for all our listeners. Out there. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I'm going to move on. I've made a huge mistake. To our next topic. Relatively big story coming out of Sacktown. Luke Walton was fired. So they currently have a 6 and 11 record, which, which places them in the 12th. Or which places them in 12th in the Western Conference. And do you guys think this firing was warranted, necessary, however you want to describe it, for the Kings? It's not surprising. It's a carousel of coaches over there. And I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but the clinic did mention that it's the culture of Sacramento. You're fired! And right after Luke Walton got fired, you heard it on, you know, the NBA network. They talk about culture. ESPN talked about culture. Right. And Fox Sports talked about culture. But uh, we mentioned it a while back. So. Yeah, for sure. Just want to pat ourselves on the back. We definitely did. <laughs> and you look at who they've been losing to lately. I mean, obviously, this is not a one-year problem, but let's look at some of these losses lately. Home for the Pacers, at the Spurs, at the Thunder, at the T-Wolves, home for the Raptors. Oh. You've got a lot of teams in it tonight. They lost to Philly, minus Embiid. They're, they're not beating teams even they should have theoretically beaten with. I know they're low in the standings, but still. And this has been a continual problem. Walton was just the latest guy that was going to turn around the culture and change the team. And then he came in, and I know these were just allegations, obviously, but he had off-court allegations against him. And I'm not saying that he committed whatever was alleged, but I am saying that that immediately put a cloud over him when he was hired. And that already started him off in a negative place. I do like the fact that they at least named Gentry the interim coach. At least they've got an older guy with some experience, offensively minded, because clearly that like team that. could use an offensively minded guy. There is already talk that he's going to make a run at the full-time job, so since he wants it, more power to him. and We'll see, but it's just a continual cycle, and like Jay just mentioned, comes from the top. Do you guys think does. that Luke Walton's quote-unquote failures... Um, is due to roster construction like do you guys think the kings have a bad roster no because i have actual 
experience being a Laker fan in terms of how he did with the Lakers. And granted, it was a, a lot of young players, but a lot of young, talented players in Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball. And he, he just really couldn't put it together. I don't know if, and even in Sacramento, he has a much more talented team, I would say, than the Lakers did at the time. Yeah. So for me, I think he has his, maybe it's experience or maybe it's just, he's not fit to be a head coach. And that's not a knock on him. Some people just aren't, aren't fit to be head coaches. And I know that the reason why he got hired as a head coach is for you, bro and Jay, you guys know this, that when he was the interim coach for the Warriors, he went on a crazy win streak, but that team was so good. So to say that a lot of that was on the coaching, part of it was, but let's be real. Do you think that, that he played a major part? I mean, I think you could probably throw a lot of people in there and they could still go on a crazy win streak like the Warriors did. Yeah, I think, I think Steve Kerr got him paid. So he should thank every single new car, new house that he bought for <laughs> like his family members. Like they should be thanking th like Steve Kerr because he really got Luke Walton multiple jobs because of that little stretch, right? I think that's what everyone was trying to unlock with him. And like you're saying, the Kings actually have fun players. Like they, they have Harrison Barnes. I like watching him. Halliburton, Mitchell. Fox. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, Fox, like he's got, he's got pieces there. You've got right? pieces and Bagley for whatever reason, which this made zero sense to me, it still does now, they literally pulled him out of the rotation before the year started. Now, if he's not a player mm -hmm. there and he has no future, they're fine. But this is another case of you're torpedoing the guy's trade value also at yeah. the same time. So, they completely tank the asset. Completely. And so now they're going to get pennies on the dollar if they choose to trade him. And what do they need? They need size. Holmes is good, but they need more size. And you kind of torpedoed it on your own for whatever reason. And so now yeah. we'll see if Gentry try to, tries to do anything with him to bring him back. But I think the ship has sailed on him there, too. Right. Well, we'll see what happens with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, for our next topic, Shams and... Anthony Slater has reported that Clay Thompson has be cleared has been cleared to practice fully with a possible return of Christmas. So it's back to Christmas. We went from Christmas to like sometime in January, now back to Christmas. What do you guys think about Clay's impending return? So are you guys expecting me to comment? Yes. As the Warrior fan, should we wait? Just like how John and Sammy defer from Clippers I, and Lakers. I, I, I waited, but if you yeah. want you want me to go first, I can go first. Up to you. No, I could go first. Okay. You know, we're super excited with Clay coming back. Everyone loves his personality. He's a great defender. But most importantly, just him being on the court with Steph and Dre, we want to see the resurgence of this core make a deep run and the worker the warriors have been playing exceptionally well they, they're currently sitting at 15 and 2 and i think they're about to get better the contingent that all the writers have been saying is will the warriors be good will will they even make the playoffs it all depends on clay now that the warriors are performing at this high level they could ease clay into a role where he doesn't have to necessarily play 28 minutes. They could ease him for 20, 
21, 22 minutes. Just do the little things. Play on-man defense. Uh, move off the ball. Don't do anything crazy. Pin down screens here and there. But he hasn't played for nearly 900 days. Just want to see him on the court. Just like any great player. Doesn't matter what team they play for. He just happens to play for our Warriors and yeah, can't wait. So I agree with almost everything you said. Nearly everything you said. I do think that... I will say this. The Warriors will not win a championship without Klay Thompson. And I think you guys would agree with that. Yes. I will say that that's a good point you made, JJ, about easing him into a role, especially since the the Warriors are, are just rolling right now. But I think it's important to keep in mind that you can't eat going into the playoffs and when there are actually games at stake for the championship, and I think they're going to be there, go deep. Clay can't play that type of role. He's going to have to be a major minute player. And so at some point, they're going to have, he's going to have to play major minutes for the Warriors to win a championship. So I think they're going to have to do that sooner rather than later. And that might sacrifice some wins for the team, just incorporating a new piece that hasn't played for two years. And I think that's a, that's a sacrifice worth making because the ultimate goal is a championship. So if you lose a few games or even go on a losing streak in the regular season, you have to incorporate Clay, and he has to be a major piece, maybe slowly, but the sooner the better. Call it a hunch. I think they're going to really ease him in in the first two months, 15, 20 minutes a game max, and I think they're going to use the all-star break. I have no reporting or anything like that on this. This is just my hunch because of the timing. If he does come back around Christmas, all-star break starts February 18th. That gives him about two months. You assume they're not going to play him in back-to-backs for the bulk of the regular season, most likely to to Mm -hmm. let let him get his conditioning up. You hit the all-star break, two months, he's eased back in, you know, knock on wood, he's playing well, all is progressing normal. Then you could probably bump into 25 to 30 minutes a game at that point. Uh, That would be what I would think. And then that gives him a full two months before the playoffs start to really ramp him up. And the timing works. You can mesh, see what pools minutes are going to look like because you would assume that pools minutes are going to be the ones that are most affected with Clay's return. Um, So... It's just, it's crazy to think when I saw that stat about 900 days, the last time he played a game, like I've, I'm sure we've all seen the memes of <laughs> who was playing where. The yeah. pandemic hadn't even started when he, That's played, crazy. when he played last. It's kind of like it was another world. Oh so. yeah, definitely. And I think the, the minutes they shaved are, are actually, I don't think you could shave Jordan, Jordan Poole's minutes. I don't know if JJ feels the same way. I feel like I think they have to, man. I I think they actually shave a little bit from you know whatever Juan Toscano's getting, whatever Damian Lee's getting, whatever, like maybe shave a little bit from Gary Payton. Just but, just I mean, say it. You're assuming know, they're going to shave Wiggins' minutes because that's what you want. Just say it. I, <laughs> <laughs> man, I I just I th- don't know. I don't know where you. That, this is the great part, like if you're a Warrior fan, is trying to steal minutes from players who are all contributing right now. It's like it's like we have this, this like plethora of, of riches right now because the team gels so well. So I don't know where you find those minutes, and that's going to be super interesting. JJ, you were about to say something. 
I think Steve Kerr quoted that he wants Paul actually coming off the bench yeah, and working with the second、rule. unit. So, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. So maybe Paul's minutes will, will、uh, be back down. But anyway, that's all we have for tonight's podcast. I'd like to thank JJ. JJ, thanks for being on, man. I wanted to thank my three brothers on this pod right now. I want to thank our listeners and happy early Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. John, thank you for being on, my friend. I would love to know who those three brothers are when you have a, a moment. <laughs> have a good、guy. night. <laughs> and Sammy, <laughs> thanks for being on, man. Thank you, man. Happy, sa- happy and safe holidays to all, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Happy Turkey Day. And I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.